Hello and welcome to this week's game preview episode of On Texas Football. My name is Tommy Yarsh. Happy as always to be joined by our all-around football expert and inside Texas beat writer, Ian Boyd. Ian, how's it going, man? Going well. Last week was satisfying watch. Yeah, satisfying to say the least. Uh, great to have you on, as always, Ian. Let's dive right into this. Uh, like you said, best game of the year that Texas has played so far, I think, last week against Oklahoma in what's now being called the Red River Shutout. They beat the Sooners 49 to nothing. We all know about this now that it's the middle of the week. But from your perspective, Ian, just looking back at this game one last time, what would you say is the biggest takeaway from watching the Longhorns and how they performed last Saturday? Uh, well, the biggest takeaway for Texas, the biggest takeaway was probably just how bad Oklahoma was. But um, I mean, that program, those, those two programs are on opposite, you know, they reversed courses, I think, with uh, Riley's departure and Sarkeesian's hire and some of the recruiting, like getting Quinn Ewers. Um, but uh, for Texas, I would say just the Quinn Ewers offense, just how effective they were at applying stress to different corners of the field, and particularly like I, a lot of us thought that Oklahoma might kind of dare Quinn Ewers to show that he could beat him over the top. And Oklahoma didn't wait around for that to, to make him prove that they were like, no, we're going to, we're going to see if Texas can earn their way down the field uh, throwing underneath. And the way Texas did that with Quinn Ewers was terrifying. I think probably to the rest of the league, just hitting all those, uh, crossing routes and uh, whip routes to, to Jordan Whittington and to Jatavian Sanders at depths of like, you know, in that intermediate range. So <laughs> those are really tough windows. Like even watching it, I was like, oh, you know, normal game. And then you rewatch it or if you get a chance to watch like the quarterback school breakdown that guy did on YouTube with the all 22, Quinn Ewers is hitting some throws that just, just college guys don't hit that often and college defenses aren't even used to defending. So, yeah, I, I think the main takeaways are just around, like, that first quarter Ewers' performance against Alabama was no fluke. When this guy is dialed in, he's pretty different. Yeah, he certainly looked uh, incredible, and we'll t- talk about him a little bit later. Right now, though, I want to talk about the Iowa State defense. We, the, the Longhorns have faced a lot of great defensive fronts, specifically along the edge. They've had guys like Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Tyree Wilson, and now others – this week, they get to deal with Will McDonald. He leads the Cyclones in sacks with three and a half. How does Texas go about sort of limiting him like they have those guys as much as they can in the past and really just the rest of that Cyclones defensive line? Well, Iowa State are the guys that originated this uh, three-deep safety flyover scheme. Um, they came up with it like in 2017. I think Texas was the first team they played it against. Uh, really caught Tom Herman by surprise. Yeah, 2017. And what they are doing is they don't have the best skill athletes in the secondary. So they will drop everyone back and play drop eight coverages and make it look like there's nowhere to throw the ball. But they actually have a lot of big run-stopping defenders on the field. And so they're trying to discourage passes and encourage you to try to run the ball into what looks like favorable fronts so that all their good run defenders can rally and stop up the run and force you to drive the length of the field to make it work, especially against a quarterback like Quinn Ewers that can hit throws down the field on like a second read or, you know, is uh, they really need to have really good pass rushers up front. They need to be able to get some pass rush with a three-man rush 
And uh, when they're at their best, they can do that. And uh, they need to have, I mean, we haven't seen them play this defense yet without a pretty good edge. And for most of the years, it's been Will McDonald, who's probably the best pure edge rusher in the whole league. Um, he's given Texas fits every single year. I think he's had multiple sacks and multiple games against Texas. For This would be the fourth year counting now if he pulls that off again. Um, but Texas is better equipped to handle him this year. You know, they handled um, uh, Dallas Turner and Will Anderson against Alabama. And the way they did it was a lot of play action. Uh, Andre Carrick playing as a as an extra offensive tackle, as a, as a jumbo tight end, um, pulling blockers around to, to try to handle those guys. Texas is a lot up their sleeve to try to limit a really good pass rusher this season. And I think Quinn Ewers is the first Texas quarterback I've ever watched where you can actually make the offense more effective by adding more blockers to the field. Every other great quarterback Texas has had, it's been like, if you really want this thing to really take off, spread the field, and then let the quarterback run some or give him more options to throw to. But yours is so different with his arm talent throwing down the field. The Texas can actually get better adding non-explosive players like Carrick on the field or Gunnar Helm and then having enough protection to be able to throw the ball down the field. So it's a tough – it's just a very different Texas team for Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell said this is the best Texas team they've faced yet. I think he's right. I think it presents – different challenges to his defense than they've than they've gotten from the um, last year's team or the Sam Ellinger teams. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about John Heacock and the flyover defense in a second. But first, we want to remind you that there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and it just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is perfect for you. It's the best way to have action in places like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Kentucky, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States and Canada, excluding Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if you will go if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week we've got a lot to take, and I think uh, one thing we need to remind you guys of is that Prize Picks is offering for the NBA's opening night a special on Steph Curry. His line right now is more or less than half a point. So go ahead and make sure you take the more on that. With one other entry, I've got Quinn Ewers for more than 255 and a half passing yards paired with Steph. And then we have a separate entry with four guys as well. Uh, we're going with Quinn, more than 19 and a half pass completions, Hunter Deckers, less than 240 and a half passing yards, Dylan Johnson, the Mississippi State running back with more than 55 and a half rushing yards, and lastly, Xavier Worthy with more than four receptions. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using the code LONGHORN to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks give you, gives you $50. Same goes. 
And don't forget that's the prize pick app or prizepicks.com and the code Longhorns to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Let's get back on track here. Um, we talked about John Heacock and the Cyclones defense as a whole. Heacock's one of the best in the Big 12. That group is 11th in the country when it comes to yards allowed per game. Ian, when you take a look at them on film, where have they really been able to find the most success? You mentioned the flyover defense. That's just an overall different look. They dropped back eight, sort of like Oklahoma did. What's the strength there? Um, where they are strong and, and better than Oklahoma is that their front five, six guys are really, really stout. Um, they have Will McDonald, like I said, the best pass rusher in the league. They have – they're really too deep across their defensive line. They have lots of really good players. They got a transfer named uh, MJ Anderson from Minnesota, number three you'll see on the field. He can rush the passer some. He's very disruptive, explosive. They have like a 340-pound freshman nose tackle that's good. They have a squatty redshirt senior nose tackle that's tough to move. They have a 260-pound middle linebacker named Orion Vance. Their outside linebackers are good every year. Um, their safeties in the middle of the field are like 210 pounds and big and tough and strong. So they're, they're really hard to move off the line and all their guys that come and run to clean up against the run game are big, physical, good tacklers play with great leverage kind of guys. So um, their scheme is designed to let them play downhill and not have to change direction. And these guys are all really good at closing downhill and playing together and just playing some hits. I don't know. I don't know if Texas can run the ball against this team without major help from the passing game, opening things up. If they just tried to line up and go mano a mano on Iowa state, I think that they would probably get stuffed a lot and not move the ball very effectively. We'll see. Their, their offensive line is young. It seems to be getting better every week, but. I don't, I don't think they can count on running the ball consistently against Iowa State, and I bet they're not. I bet they know that, too. That segues perfectly into my next question, talking about that running game. They ran for 104 yards on the ground last year against Iowa State. That was their second lowest outing of the season. Uh, do you think with that in mind, you know, we're really going to just stick to the passing game and, you know, Quinn Ewers goes for another 300-ish yards and four touchdowns like he did against Oklahoma, and if so, how do they sort of line that up? Yeah, 104. You said last year. I, th I think they piled. Well, I think they piled some of that up late in the game when they were just kind of running out clock. Um, yeah, I think they have to throw it with yours. Um, they get Jaleel Billingsley back this week. If they want to play with a ton of tight ends and kind of flood the underneath zones from ostensibly run run the ball kind of looks, they could do that. Uh, I think Whittington on pivot routes and crossers in the middle of the field, making those Iowa state guys turn and run and cover for an extended period of time. I think those are the, I think those are the tickets for Texas. The, um, the sort of RPO wheel route play that they keep running. It's like a, somebody calling it Ezekiel's wheel, but they just always get a guy running out and then they have a guy running a post and then they have a zone read action. And then they have a guy running in the flat and somebody's always running free and uh, yours is really good at hitting it. Um, I think all, all those like quick passes and, and uh, play action throws to Whittington in the middle of the field, I think those are the ticket this week. Um, if they can run the ball against Iowa State, that's great. That's gravy. They'll crush them. 
but um, I think I think they'll have to set it up. I think that they'll have to plan on, uh, you know, progressing viewers, and uh, yeah, maybe involving maybe involving Billingsley as well. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So we talked about the rushing game a little bit. Now I'll ask you the question that I think every defensive coordinator in the country, in, in the Big 12 especially, is trying to figure out right now. Uh, last year, Iowa State deals with Hudson Card for the most part. That game, this time around, it's Corey Ewers. You know, what's what are they going to have to do differently on defense compared to last year with what they did to handle Hudson Card? Well, Card, um, Card had a decent outing last year, early at least. Um, he hit some of the sort of misdirection throws and quick throws that Texas will probably count on again this week. This week. But he missed a couple of the downfield shots. Um, even in their drop eight schemes, Iowa State had trouble um, staying in front of Xavier Worthy and handling him. And uh, Quinn Ewers, they probably will not be able to afford the same mistakes they made last year with Quinn Ewers throwing to Worthy. So uh, I think Iowa State, they're going to have to, they're going to have to play pretty deep. They're going to have to play like three deep safeties a lot and keep them way off the ball uh, so they don't have to try to turn and run and keep up. And then, you know, just rely on their front. Uh, the Probably the biggest question is how they handle those intermediate routes in the middle of the field that Ewers is also good at that they haven't had to deal with as, as much or they didn't have to deal with this much last year from Hudson Card with uh, – you know, Card not being as comfortable on those layered throws yet. And then Texas also didn't have Jordan Winnington in this game last year to run those routes. Or Jatavian Sanders or Jaleel Billingsley. So um, I don't know what their adjustment would be. They may have to uh, try to poach some stuff with one of their safeties and disguise things and see if they can catch Ewers throwing the ball. Like um, the early in the game this week against Oklahoma, they, uh, Oklahoma had their middle safety, um, Woody Washington, kind of sitting in the middle of the field. And uh, Ewers tried to work to a throw back across the field, and he didn't see Woody Washington. Really should have been picked. It hit, it hit Woody right in the hands, and he dropped it. Um, Iowa State's going to want to try to catch him early with some stuff like that, where just some safeties are lingering in those intermediate zones where Ewers doesn't expect them, and then pick off some passes because I don't think their linebackers can carry those routes very well. I don't think they can hang with Worthy unless they stay really deep. So it's got to be – they got to confuse the offensive line and they got to confuse yours and try to get some turnovers. Certainly turnovers are an effective strategy anytime on defense. Uh, I want to talk about the Cyclone offense now. They've been really stagnant the past couple of games, just a combined 20 points over that span. A really banged up running back room. But Xavier Hudson has been a reliable source of offensive momentum for him at wide receiver, 604 yards for him with five touchdowns. Where does Iowa State try to find any sort of life on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, yeah, that's – I think they'd be asking this question every week 
regardless of who they play, but certainly against Texas, they're going to know they need points. Um, I think they all try to run the ball against Texas. I think they have, they have to see, they have to try to hold the ball and uh, establish the run game if they can. Um, I believe their uh, running back Jarrell Brock is a little beat up, but they have a, they have a promising freshman, uh, Mike Butcher's name, but I believe it's John Silas. And he's got a little more wiggle explosiveness. So this might be a week where they just try to get him going and see if he can, uh, if he can restore a little bit of what they lost with Brees Hall going to the NFL. Um, yeah, they, they definitely, they are definitely really good at manufacturing crossing routes and underneath routes for their quarterback, Hunter Deckers. And I think they can have some success confusing Texas's linebackers and finding some, uh, zones to hit in the middle of the field. That's kind of been Texas's weak spot this year. Um, probably they'll get better and better as the season goes, but if I were Iowa State, I would be looking to uh, to tap that fund a little bit and see if there was enough there to allow them to sustain some drives early and get some points and hang in the game, and then maybe you have a chance to wear down Texas late like some of those other teams. And then when it comes to this Texas defense, essentially last week they played a team that just didn't have a quarterback. Uh, Davis Bevel obviously just wasn't cutting it for Oklahoma. Um, this week they, they kind of go up against another banged-up offense in the running back room, but I think Hunter Deckers um, is a little bit more talented, I think a lot more talented uh, than Davis Bevel. So if they want to have some sort of similar performance like Oklahoma, not necessarily a shutout, but just a good defensive game where they rally to the ball really well, they just – sort of take away everything from Iowa State's offense like most other teams have done this year. What, what are they going to have to do to sort of step up to the occasion and do that once again? So uh, Xavier Hutchinson is their main guy, like you noted. Um, he's, got, he's on pace for like 120 catches this season. He's basically uh, – I mean, he's, he's their offense. It's, it's Xavier Hutchinson and then whatever they can scheme up around him with runs or, or throws to some of their other guys. Um, so, you know, one solution would be, you know, double that guy, have a, have somebody sitting underneath on all of his favorite routes, all his little crossers and, and whatnot, and, uh, see if you can get a pick or else just force, um, Deckers to find another place for offense. Texas has really good defensive backs this season, though. Their, their top three cover guys are all really good with, uh, Jedi Barron and then uh, Deshaun Jameson and Ryan Watts. So they could single him up and maybe even have success. So I kind of wonder if another, another solution would be to single him up and blitz and attack Deckers and attack this offensive line, which is big outside, but doesn't move super well. doesn't really hold up. Like they have a lot of offensive tackles that, can set and be in your way for a minute and it's hard to get around them because they're so huge, but they're not great athletes. And so if you have a chance to get into your bag as a pass rusher, you're probably going to beat them. And that's really given them trouble this year because Deckers often has to go to a second or third throw and then his footwork is not quite as good. His guy's not as open and his tackles springing a leak, right? And somebody's getting to him. So, um, with how good they've been and the lack of explosiveness in Iowa State's receiving core, I think Texas could probably get away with a lot of blitzing this week. A lot of five-man cover one type pressures like they've used, like they used against West Virginia. And uh, just heat him up 
and uh, see if you can just kill drives with negative plays and incompletions. Um, if they do that and they're not getting beat with passes, I mean, we could see another dominant, really low-scoring offensive game for their opponent. Yeah, Texas has been really good with putting pressure on the quarterback. The only question is some games they've just struggled to finish and get those sacks. I think last week against Oklahoma did a really good job of that. We'll see if they can mimic that again this week. Last question for you. So this does depend a little bit on the – like uh, Donovan Smith and uh, Frank Harris are a lot harder to tackle than uh, JT Daniels or Davis Bevel, right? And uh, Hunter Deckers is a little more in the mold of uh, – Davis Bevel, probably, or I think he's more mobile than Daniels. Um, I think Bevel is too. It's hard to say anything. <laughs> it's hard to describe Bevel in a super complimentary way right now. Sure. Of how bad he, they made him look last week, but Deckers is a little bit mobile, but he's not. He's not like those other guys. He's a little more of a stationary target for them. For you know, Pikowski to be aiming at. So, if that's correct, then. It, it could absolutely be more like the West Virginia game where they were really they were really getting to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question for you here, Ian. Iowa State has won the last three matchup against the Longhorns. They come into this game winless in conference play, though. Texas playing with a lot of confidence and swagger right now on the other side. If Matt Campbell wants to try and find a way somehow to pull this upset and extend the winning streak over Texas to four, what's going to have to go right for Iowa State? And I guess I can flip that question as well and say – What's Texas going to have to do to keep this momentum going? I think there's a lot of paths to victory for Texas because they just, uh, I think they're just over overpowering a matchup for Iowa State this season. For Iowa State, it has to look like turnovers, you know, confuse Quinn Ewers, pick off some passes, pass rush. They have a really good defensive front. They have Will McDonald. They have a lot of good blitzes with their linebackers. They have to. They have to get to Quinn Ewers, and they have to make him uncomfortable. And uh, you know, we haven't really seen Ewers under a ton of duress yet this season. Uh, Iowa State needs to be the team that shows everybody what that looks like. You know, and maybe what it looks like is them getting torched. <laughs> we don't really know yet. But um, if if there's a bad Ewers to uh, to pull out from this kid, then they have to do it with their pass rush. They also have to avoid – another way Texas can uh, blow this game open and ruin Iowa State's chances is special teams. Iowa State under Matt Campbell have been bad at special teams. Kick coverage, punt coverage. Um, Texas could uh, Texas could blow this game open and, and maybe put the Cyclones in a, in a hole they can't get out of with a couple big special teams play. I'm sure that Jeff Banks will be thinking exactly that in game prep this week. So the Cyclones got to avoid any catastrophes there. They lost last week. I think they missed three field goals, three field goal attempts. They lost to Kansas by uh, three points. So uh, a lot of a lot of ways this could go wrong for them. Yeah, certainly seems like there's a lot tougher of a path to victory for them. But hey, we never know. It's college football. We never know. We'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. Ian, great insight as always. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Folks, make sure to go follow Ian on Twitter over at, at Ian underscore A underscore Boyd for more analysis and breakdowns throughout the week. And be sure to stick around InsideTexas.com for more coverage throughout the week and into the weekend. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to the video, subscribe to the channel, and like the video. Got it mixed up there. Uh, for more Texas football content, all the time channel's been doing great lately, and that's all thanks to you. That's all I have for so for producer Matthew Hutchison and all the great folks here at Inside Texas. My name is Tommy Yar signing off saying thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your week.